You have to believe that every person is born with a beautiful heart, right? And and circumstances come up in their lives that they haven't had good experiences. But, you know, one of the things we say at Healing Meals is that every person who walks in their door, every contact that we have with somebody, we want to make sure that they feel loved and cared for and nourished so that when they walk out the door, they're going to impact the next person they meet. And that just continues. That builds that ripple of goodness in the world, right? Hello, and welcome to the Conspiracy of Goodness podcast, where you'll hear conversations that generate one aha moment after another for you. There is an enormous wave of goodness and progress happening in the world right now that almost no one is hearing enough about. And here at the Conspiracy of Goodness podcast, we have access to thousands of stories of goodness and progress because we're publishing articles every week at the Goodness Exchange to give people access to another version of reality. You know, what we see in the in the news and social media is such a tiny slice of reality, but there are people like our guest today by the millions out there, and they know that the future is still bright because they're making it that way. We need to know what they know, and today we're going to meet an amazing thought leader, Sarah Leathers, who is a perfect example of someone who has gone through a full life from this to that and another thing and eventually found what she was uniquely built to contribute. Sarah is the founder of an organization called Healing Meals, and she's going to tell us so much so much more about that. But they've served over 90,000 meals to people who were in circumstances that required really, really healthy food. She's going to tell us a lot more about that. But I, I just love the way Sarah represents something that's that's out there for each of us. When we put together our life experiences, whether we're 18 years old or 38 or 58, wherever, we can have an impact on others. And Sarah Leathers, welcome to the Conspiracy of Goodness podcast. And thank you for sharing this this wonderful inspiration for us. Oh, Linda, I'm so excited to be here. Um, You and I, from right from the get-go, have had some amazing conversations. And I love what you do, um, the way you want to put all the good in the world and we need it so, so much. And so to be part of this just warms my heart. Well, I'll tell you, my daughter, we, when we wrote the article about you, there is an article at the Goodness Exchange all about Sarah's work and the work of all the peoples that she's leading. And this is a, is a giant undertaking full of, of countless other good people doing what they can do. Right, Sarah? Yes. Yes, absolutely. I, I'm just the shepherd. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes that's that's our role, right? That I I don't know. That's what knowing you has taught. Yeah, for sure. It's it's important to know what the universe puts in front of so, you and keep doing it. Yeah. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your story so we can start seeing the possibilities for ourselves there? Oh gosh, yes. It's interesting. You know, I I went to school to be a mechanical engineer, and um, I was sure I was going to be the first president of Procter, the first woman president of Procter and Gamble, um, when I got graduated from college, and and that was a great experience for me. But it wasn't what my journey was supposed to be. And over the course of my what I you know would say is my career, I had the opportunity to do all kinds of different things and to work with young people and to work with people with disabilities and to work with uh, young people disenfranchised and and see where all of these people are coming from and working with seniors and those in a health crisis. And all along the way, I learned something. I learned something about where my skill set is. I learned what people are struggling with and where their successes are. I, I just kept thinking to to myself, there's going to be something that's going to bring all of these things together for me. And I guess I was lucky enough that my sister started a nonprofit in California in 2007 that is doing is the model that I followed when I started Healing Meals. And But I had two parents that had cancer. And it was kind of the start of the journey of understanding how important food is for somebody in a health crisis. My sister, for a long time was uh, 
cooking healthy vegetarian meals for families because she knew how important it was. And I, I really watched what she developed. And so in my own community, when I heard somebody had cancer, and that's kind of the direction I started with Healing Meals was I would show up with my sister's cookbook and a big batch of our nourishing broth and just show up at somebody's door and just say, here's, this is something you can do for your loved one. And I just kept doing that. And people are finally, you know, they're saying to me, when are you going to start this? When are you going to start this? And one woman one day said to me, what are you waiting for? And I, of course, was had a full-time job. So I was kind of doing this on top of it. And I thought to myself, you're right. What am I waiting for? And I, you know, I'm going to take the skills that I've learned along the way and had my own major health crisis in 2012 that really got me thinking differently about taking care of myself and, and how do I take better care of my family? And that was just kind of how the journey started. So, you know, so that's what I love about your story is that, you know, all along the way, there were almost like like the essential pieces of a puzzle that you probably didn't even realize was being put together. Absolutely right? not. Right. And it's it's not like you were, uh, the same thing sort of happened to me. I, I had a wonderful professional career, never saw this coming. This, right. you know, I didn't know you were an engineer that, that so I don't know. That that sort of makes makes the whole thing make sense to me too now because engineers are so good at putting together a process. <laughs> but in any case, you know, I meet people all the time who are tremendously successful by every single measure, and yet they feel this nagging feeling that there's something else. There's just something more they're built to put together almost singularly, almost uniquely them. If they don't do it, it's not going to happen. And mm-hmm. that's the part I hear in your story. And I think that's and, and I'm going to, again, I'm going to credit my sister because that's what happened with her, how it, it, it just kind of downloaded for her. And we grew up in a family where we were told we could do anything we set our mind to. And we've all done that. And I feel really lucky that I, I did grow up in a family like that. And it's why I became an engineer. I definitely stretched myself. I, I, I was not an A student as an engineer, but, but I did it. And I, and I love the challenge. And you know, when I decided to start Healing Meals, I had never started a nonprofit. I didn't know what that took. And I just kept putting the people in place who could help me with that. So it just continued day after day to kind of come together. And even the three women who founded this with me, when we were getting on the plane to go to California to learn how to do this, not one of us kind of knew what our roles were going to be. And so it was just this trust that it's going to it's going to work itself out and if you have this dream and you trust kind of the process that good will come and there'll be struggles there's been plenty of struggles but i continue to this day to have amazing people dropping to my lap and who have skills and abilities and want to help and that just continue to help us move this work forward so that we can do more of what we want to do and build more goodness in the world and kindness and and nourishment for those people. Mm. And, you know, the other thing to point out here is that we all don't have to go out and start a nonprofit. I mean, there are no end to the goodness and uh, 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 organizations like yours out there. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I think it's trusting from, I think one of my skills is that I really trust my instincts. Mm-hmm. And I think more people need to learn how to do that. And even now with all of the young people that come into Healing Meals, I mean, I had a board meeting last night and I have four youth on my board of directors. And at the end of the meeting, I asked, I asked them to stay. And these are all seniors now in high school heading off to college. And there's, they have so much to give. And they have seen through their experience with Healing Meals, how important it is to find purpose, to find something to be part of that's bigger than themselves, because they understand when they show up every week, they are having a huge impact on our clients, the other volunteers that they work with, all of our staff, that together we are, we are doing something that is making a real difference in our community. And they feel that, they understand, they articulate that. And they've said, 
they will look for that when they go to college. So they're not going to be able to start a nonprofit when they go to college, but with the experience they've, they've had, they are going to look for ways to get involved, to continue to do this kind of work because they've learned how good it feels. That is the bottom line, isn't it? Yes. Wherever our role is in helping others, if once you get in that feedback loop, um, it's it I'm it's hard to walk away from. It, it's impossible to walk away from because I believe that we're built that way. I think yeah. that we absolutely don't come from you know forty thousand years ago living in caves to where we are today by accident. It's because. You know, maybe maybe there was 51% of us who cared more about our neighbors. You know, I mean, we, we haven't always got it right. That's for sure. <laughs> no, but, but you have to believe that every person is born with a beautiful heart, right? And, and circumstances come up in their lives that they haven't had good experiences. But, you know, one of the things we say at Healing Meals is that every person who walks in their door, every contact that we have with somebody, we want to make sure that they feel loved and cared for and nourished so that when they walk out the door, they're going to impact the next person they meet. And that just continues. That builds that ripple of goodness in the world, right? So with everything that's happening right now in the world, some people are, you know, you think, oh, how is it ever going to change? It's going to change just like this. Everybody has that opportunity to change somebody's life for the better, right? It's the person at the grocery store. It's the person who who you see walking down the street that maybe doesn't look like they're having a good day and a simple good morning. You know, that little bit can make such a difference. And we believe that at Healing Meals, that every contact, every person who we have a chance to connect with, we want them to feel the joy and the love and the and the goodness that we are pouring into what we do um, in everything. That's just that's just a beautiful segment. The people will see me writing here it's because I'm jotting down little timestamps where you're saying things I want to circle back to and maybe listen to once a day to remind me of purpose and meaning and connection. So we chatted one day. Oh gosh, like you said, sparks were flying, and I wrote down some things that I wanted to circle back with to today to share with people because I, I, I've thought about them many, many times. You said, I want, you know, you said your biggest takeaway over the last six years was that people want to feel purpose and connection. Absolutely. That's what you just see across the board, across young the board. people, old people, everyone in between, right? Yes. Yes. And, you know, we've been through a couple of years of the pandemic. And when that happened for us at Healing Meals, we, of course, said we we will continue to get meals out to our clients. You know, during that time period, we actually provided a thousand healthcare workers with meals because we knew we needed to support them. And we also knew that we needed to get people into the kitchen to feel connected, to feel purpose during a time that felt very isolating. So we pivoted and we figured out how to have small shifts where people felt safe. And to again, to make sure that whether it's a, a freshman in high school who's coming in for their first time to, as we say, kids are often voluntold. They should get involved, right? It should be on their college application. And I don't care how we get them in the door because if we can get in, them in the door and they can see that they, they are truly impacting their neighbors. And when I say that is how I know that is because our youth write personal note cards to every client every week. And our clients write back and they tell their story. So to, and it's same with our adult volunteers. Our adult volunteers are, they're retired. Maybe their kids are now all in school. Many of them are widows. And this is where they find a true sense of belonging. So they're walking in going, I'm just going to volunteer and I'm going to chop vegetables. And now we've had some with us for three and four years and have hundreds of hours of volunteering because they've built this sense of belonging and a place where not only are they having a good time, but they're giving back in such a beautiful way to their community. It's just a couple hours a week, but it makes a difference. We have, I know people who work full time who've said to their boss, 
I'm going to go volunteer at Healing Meals for two hours because that's my therapy. And you better let me do that because that's going to make me a better, you know, person. So, oh, lovely. Hello. (laughs) Now, I'm used to talking now to people's pets. I I, I think it's just as good as anything. I I think that's one of the blessings of the pandemic is that. Yeah, now I'm talking to people's cats and dogs all the time. Yes, exactly. Um, so one, and, and you know, your point there reminds me of something I wrote down when you and I were talking. You said, I want that experience to be so full and so powerful that when you come into our kitchen, you leave a different person. Absolutely. And what I feel so blessed in is that that's just not my, my goal for everybody, but that's every one of our, our team members. They want that for everybody who walks in the door. It is the core of what we do because, first of all, we're a small organization of staff and we have on average 90 volunteers a week that support us. So there's a lot of places people can get volunteer and get involved. And we want to make sure that every person has a really beautiful experience so that they want to come back. Now, that being said, we have been blessed where we have never had to go looking volunteers. So I think I give my team a lot of credit because they're the ones that make that experience so special for people. But having, I think also what's important is that every week we start every single shift in a circle when we start. And we do that because we want to pause. We want to make sure that we have the opportunity to ground ourselves to why we're doing what we're doing. And think about why we're there. We have right now, we have 65 families that we're serving this week of meals. Every one of those families counts. We have it. We have all of their names up on the wall and we ask everybody to stop and look at those. When you do that, you realize that you're there for those people. And then when a client writes back and says, I don't know how I would have done this without you. You, you saved my life. And I can turn to a 14 or 15 year old young person and say, you did that. That changes their life. That impacts their life so deeply that again, my hope is that they feel that and they continue to want to go look for that, or they continue to want to make somebody's life better because it makes their life better. I I love that aspect of your, what you were saying just a little bit earlier is that your example of the the girl who was going off to college and and pretty much said it straight up, I'm going to look for more of this in, yes. in my life. Yes. Ah, and that's, you know, that is the ripple effect that, that we're seeing at the goodness exchange. We're just seeing just so much goodness happening in the world. And it's just not being covered properly on the nightly news or in social media. It's just, that's the essence of our work is to say, no, <laughs> that narrative that you think about the world being going to heck in a handbasket is so tiny. It's just not the it's right so narrative. Tiny. It's so yeah. tiny. And, you know, I think about our young people, you know, I say to them all the time, like you're, you are our future. You know, you're going to, you're going to make that change. You're going to demand more. You're going to expect more from each other, you know, in, in the world. And you're going to carry this good and continue to build the kindness in the world that we need so, so, oh, so drastically mm-hmm. um, needs to change and needs to be talked about. It right? needs to be talked about it, it, in that. And that is, that is my, my problem. Not that there aren't, you know, oh, horrific problems in the world, but there are terrific solutions. I heard a, an expression the other day. I'm, I'm going to be interviewing a woman about education soon. And um, she calls people solutionaries. Oh, I love isn't that nice? It's like yeah. visionaries, but she's like, no, we want the solutionaries. Yes. Is, we got to get on to doing something about our vision. Right. And, and I think too, <laughs> we need to, especially for our young people, have them believe they can be that change. We have to instill that in them that, I, yes, there's a lot in the world that we feel like we can't control, but there is so much that we can control and that we can make a difference in. And it starts within our own community but it can continue to build. They go off to college. They can, all those kinds of things. And and I think sometimes with everything that's happened over the last couple of years that people feel like they can't make a difference. And But we're seeing it every day at Healing Mills. That is the furthest thing from the truth, right? Right, 
Right. So um, you have a great story there. I, I do want to get into this um, food as medicine. Yes. But first, tell me that great story that you told me once about that this nice young high school kid that oh. um, you know what I'm talking about. Share yeah. that with me. Yes. So, you know, we talk a lot to our youth, uh, you know, when they send these cards out to our clients and um, sometimes they hear back and sometimes they don't. And, but we say that we know it makes a difference. We've heard from clients that those cards are everywhere in their home. And sometimes they talk about those cards more than they talk about the food that we provide. And we had a youth recently who shared with us that she was in school one day and happened to walk into the bathroom and a girl asked her if she volunteered at Healing Meals. And she said, yes. And in her head, she was thinking, oh, I'm going to be, this is my sales pitch to say how excited I, how much I love being a volunteer. And the girl said, my mom got your note last night and she opened it up and she sobbed. And I just want you to know what a difference you're making in my family's life. So here is a peer sharing with a peer how this young 15-year-old girl is changing a girl she goes to school with, changing her life and her family's life. That is that is powerful. That is really powerful. And when I shared that story with our other youth, they all felt that because they know Anna and they all felt that. And I said, you may not get a, a com- that may never happen to you directly but you are Anna, you know, and and they felt, they definitely felt that. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, this is the opportunity of our times when loneliness is just sitting there like the elephant in the room, whether it's, you know, people that could just use some company or people that have direct needs, like you're talking about. I mean, we all have the opportunity to make a difference in the lives of others. And, you know, that's why I just had to talk to you today, because I want everybody, you know, to just look about them and see what they're uniquely built to contribute right now. It may be volunteering for an organization like Sarah's or some completely different thing, the Humane Society or what have you. But related to your story, we interviewed a wonderful, that now that's a powerful um, podcast interview. Uh, my producer and I both ended up crying for joy through that one. This gal, her name is Genevieve Paturo. She's responsible for giving out 7 million pairs of pajamas to little kids who have inadvertently, for one reason or another, must be horrifying, wound up in police departments overnight. Whether they were taken out of their homes because of abuse or whatever, the last minute, she somehow learned that kids were literally spending the night in police stations. And she just called up her local police station one day and said, can I come down and read to Mm. the children before bed? She just had some really fond memories of what her, her mom on initiative. So they said, sure, bring some books. So that night was that she noticed all those small children were going to sleep in their clothes. And that is what changed her life and now the life of millions of children. That and she, she could have easily not done anything. She could have just not made that phone call. Exactly. So, you know, what started with, I'll go down and read books to children before bed. I had such great memories of that. And I, accident of birth was really lucky. That's the, what she was telling herself. And it has turned out to be this whole other world. Right. And God knows how many people have helped her along the way. And then that's where everyone else plugged in and caused that ripple effect that you're talking about. Absolutely. Absolutely. She also maintains that she's a small part of that process that just counts on the generosity of so many people. So we're going to take a break. And when we come back, I want you to talk about food as medicine. Would love to. Okay. Let's take a break. Okay. Dr. Linda here. If you are hoping the world is a lot better than what we see on the news and social media, and if you've been overwhelmed by the misery and negativity coming from the screens in your life, I've got a wonderful connection for you. What I've learned after almost a decade of curating the internet for insight and innovation is that there is an enormous wave of goodness and progress well underway in the world that almost no one knows about yet. And that's what led me to create this podcast. And then I co-founded The Goodness Exchange. The Goodness Exchange is an amazing place on the internet now where you can enjoy unlimited access to hundreds of articles that give you a more complete, positive perspective about the state of the world. 
You can listen to exclusive bonus content from this podcast with our guests who are knee deep in solving some of the world's most vexing problems, and yet they still think the future is bright. We need to know what they know. And at the Goodness Exchange, you can explore a feed of exclusively good news and recommended other kinds of content created by the Goodness Exchange community. No one with good ideas and good intentions need feel alone again. You are right to hold out hope for humanity. Millions of people are out there creating a better world, and we have created a gathering place for all that wonder. Who knows what's possible now that there's a place on the internet created to bring out our best impulses and our collective genius. To explore the home for goodness on the internet, visit goodness-exchange.com backslash membership. Thanks. Okay, we're back. So we're talking to a wonderful uh, friend of mine, Sarah Leathers. She's literally a friend to the world. <laughs> she is demonstrating a kind of an impulse that we are we are working so hard to shine a light on at the Goodness Exchange. Sarah has had a full life full of all kinds of different working world situations that all kind of came together in this organization called Healing Meals, where um, she is now uh, the co-founder of a group that has served 90,000 meals to people who needed healing kind of food, who needed food that was good for them to solve a bunch of problems that are in their life. And um, Sarah, you got to talk to us about how food is medicine. Mm. Oh, I could talk all day. I don't know how much time we have. (laughs) Well, I'll, I'll just share that in 2012, I had a major health crisis of my own. And, and during that journey, I learned that one, I have some dietary restrictions But I learned that it was great that people were bringing us meals and so forth, but there was a lot of things I couldn't really eat. And I also learned that it really mattered what I was putting in my body. And so as I was recovering, which took about 18 months, I actually went through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and learned, you know, it's a health coaching course, but I really learned it for myself. I wanted to learn how to take better care of myself, better care of my family. And you know, I knew food was important, but I also, I learned why. And, and I'm lucky that I have a founder who, a co-founder, who's also a graduate of IIN and our wellness director as well. And we know when you're going through a health crisis, there is so much that is out of your control, you know, and you want to try, you want to trust what the doctors say, you're on medications, whatever. The one thing you actually have control over is what you're choosing to put in your body. And at this point in an acute crisis, you want to put in the absolute very best, highly nutritious food, because that is what's going to help heal. That's what's going to continue to support your immune system when the rest of it is being inundated with toxins, which are going to, you know, hopefully help the process as well. And so for us, you know, we provide 100% organic meals to families that are going through a health crisis. And we do that because we want them to understand it matters. So, I mean, we have every demographic of people that we serve. And what we want to show them over the course of the 12 weeks that we provide meals to them is that it takes time to learn that your body will start to feel better. You'll feel it. We hear it from our clients all the time, but it's not going to happen overnight. That change for some people who may live completely on processed food is going to take time, but this is our opportunity to have them at a place and a time that they can they can benefit the most. And, you know, the other part of the work we do is we provide our youth, kids 14 and up to come into the kitchen and and learn about why food matters, right? So this is a, a perfect time for these kids to understand and try things. They experiment all the time in the kitchen. Uh, we have every week called a must-go list. So produce that maybe isn't going to last another week. We have them experiment and we're getting produce from our local farms and things that they've never tried. Even our adults, same thing. This is their time to try and experiment and use spices and all of that. But but I but I'll often often share with our kids. You know, I'll tell this story about if you had if you could drive any car in the world, what would you choose? 
you know, and I say, okay, I want you to picture that car in your driveway and it's, you know, bright red and ready to go and you've never driven it. And I say, you're going to go out that first day. And I said, would you put tar in the engine? And of course they'll go, no, of course I wouldn't. I said, well, your body is that car. So why would you, why would you put tar in the engine? If you want that car to go, if you want your body to be at its best, you have to think about for, for not just physically, but mentally, right? We have a mental health crisis in this world. And we are working a lot with people dealing with a mental health crisis and getting them to understand how important food is to our mind, you know, not just physically, but to our mind. And if we can shift the way people, you know, there's so many toxins in the world, so many that we can't control. And so providing organic food, organic produce is a step to getting people to understand how we can make a real difference. And my hope, again, is over that course of those 12 weeks that families learn, they all, we feed everybody in the family because we want everybody to see the shift. And so that the hope is that at the end of the 12 weeks or the 24 weeks that they receive our meals, they're now making that difference. They're now starting to make that change. And then now we're talking about generations behind them that are going to make that change, right? We have come up with a 12-week a nutrition and education wellness book that all of our clients get. And it's helping them to understand the why. Why do we do what we do? But also there are chapters in there about gratitude and how important that is to have gratitude in your life. And, you know, that's a piece to the mental health crisis, right? We have to look at our whole body to be successful. We have to make sure that we're caring for our whole body before we can even care about somebody else out into the world. So there's a lot to what we do, but food is a critical piece and the highest nutrient dense food we get. We have two local farms that support us that are right in our town. And we have our own farm, our own small farm that our, our youth and our adults really go, they can see from seed to table, you know, and that's really important. And, and we're also sharing with our volunteers, how easy it is to grow things. You know, you don't have to have a huge garden, you can have two big pots and have beautiful cherry tomatoes for the summer, or, or peas or basil or things like that. So hoping to educate people around that at every one of our shifts, when we start, we do a little wellness, our wellness director does a short little wellness moment, five, 10 minutes, again, constantly educating people to the whys of what, you know, what we do. Wow. This, this was even bigger than I imagined. (laughs) (laughs) And we wrote the article about you. There was so much more that we, that we could have gone. Okay. So when I really look at the hundred thousand foot look there, I, I really think about how this plays out in our daily lives. If we're in communities of people. And I think this is what kind of blew my mind because good intention is still so, so precious, right? But if you add knowledge to good intention, that's where the fireworks happen. So I come from a small farming town in Illinois. My husband and I are childhood sweethearts. We grew up, you know, in a land of corn and soybeans as far as the eye can see. Everybody knew everybody. And gosh, the big thing there is if somebody gets sick, you you take a casserole and you... Or you call up everyone you know who knows them and you form a casserole chain, they even call it. Yes. And when I first learned about your work, (laughs) I just kind of had to shift my brain. Uh, Look, I was a vegetarian for 12 years. I still have only eaten organic for 30 years. And I never put it together that me dropping off this casserole full of processed cream and mushroom soup, processed water chestnuts, processed chicken, processed noodles... (laughs) I don't know what I was thinking. Mm. Well, you know, it's interesting. Years ago, we had a, a very dear friend whose whose son was diagnosed, unfortunately, with glioblastoma, and they wanted to start a meal train for him. And I said, you know, I, I would like to just share some insight into that. And And so I took a step and I said, let me just share with people how important it is to be bringing meals that make sense for them. And... She said, oh, no, no, no. I couldn't ask people to do that. And I said, absolutely. You have so many friends around this country that love you and love your son. And they want to know that they're bringing 
what he should be having and what would be best for him. And I said, I'm happy to talk to anybody. We had friends around the country who, you know, couldn't deliver meals. So we went to two of the local restaurants in town that did 100% organic and never did at that point, you know, pick up. And I, I would go to their kitchen, the back end of the kitchen and pick up meals. So people felt like they could still be a part of it. But it so matters. And yes, it's lovely when people want to give and 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 bring meals and and all of that. But if you're going to do it, and you know, most of the time we're doing it because there's a family in crisis, then it should be the absolute best food that they they can have because it ma- it matters. It really really matters. Um, it just taking that good intention the rest of the uh, the rest of the way. Yeah. So the end of the extra mile. That's because that that good intention was there every time I ever made a tuna noodle mushroom casserole or whatever it was. Part of it too is not knowing, you know. And I think that's a big piece of what we're doing now is the education piece. Yeah. You know, because no fault if you don't know, but if you do know, then you can you can do better. And that's really important to us that not only are our clients are learning that, but all of our volunteers and our donors and, and everybody who comes in contact with us starts to learn these these things that are, are really important in, in to helping people. I think, you know, I think it's really about, I'll just talk about myself here. Gosh knows everybody would be different, but I think it was a little bit of mental laziness on my part because I mean, I have the background. I'm a dentist. I know a lot about nutrition and, and I, and I was a vegetarian myself for a lot of that time and was very caring about organic. What was I thinking is where I'm at on this. Like I never connected the dots. Like I'm taking this food to, to a sick person and I'm not doing what, what I would eat if I were sick. I don't know. I love I love that you've just awoken this ability to just be a little bit more thoughtful. Just take it one step further and complete a circle. That's that's where good intention really starts to spread is when we connect when we connect on that. Yeah. Yeah. And we're seeing that, you know, I think we're seeing that more and more in our grocery stores. There is a bigger area of organic that's now there. Right. Because more and more people are talking about how important that is. But back, you know, when the one person or the small group of people started pushing that, it took time. And we just, again, I thank those people who did that back then. And I thank you for, you know, starting the goodness exchange. And I hope people years from now will thank me for starting Healing Meals and people will learn from that and and take what we have done and do something similar, different, whatever, but putting more good out into the world. And it doesn't have to cost money. It doesn't have to be something big. Um, it can, I mean, look at the cute lemonade stands that kids do and the things that kids are doing all over the world. They're so innocent and they just get it. Kids just get it. Did you hear about that project? I'm not going to say enough about it now to really get people linked up. I'll get them fired up. Maybe if you Google it. Have you heard about that project? It's a kindergarten teacher that rec- that realized that her kids, that the, the age children she was teaching had like a lot of common wisdom, like a lot of common sense wisdom. Mm-hmm. And so she created like a hotline that you can call and oh. get advice from a kindergartner. Yes. Yes. Actually, it's funny you say that. I literally just sent that to a bunch of people this week who are kind of some people going through a hard time and whatever. And it's brilliant. It is brilliant. It is brilliant. But it's part of this. It's a part of this. You know, one of the things that you said to me when we were chatting that I wanted you to talk someone because it was so powerful. Me, You said every morning when I wake up, I have a choice. And then you talked about your your mom's life and her she was like the volunteer extraordinaire and and then this is my favorite quote. You said I might not solve or it, maybe she said this. I might not solve this in my lifetime, but I'm going to get the ball rolling for the next generation. Oh yeah. Well, that was something I shared. But my mom was the giver. I grew up in a home where the more people that she could have in the house to love and nourish, the better. And she was, oh, her cup, her cup was always overflowing. And she would say, and she, again, talk about a wise woman, you know, she, she, she said to me not long before she passed away, you know, she lived in an assisted living community. And she said, you know, every day you wake up, you have a choice. You can choose joy or you can choose, this is how she said it, or you can choose to be grumpy. 
And there's some people where I live here who are grumpy. And my job is to just turn that into joy. And that's, that was, it was as simple as that. Right. And so it, it kind of goes along. I think the story I told you was I was speaking at a seminar and I had a naysayer in the crowd who was really pushing the envelope on the work that I was doing. And, oh, isn't that so great? But, you know, how are you ever going to make a change in the world? And, and so I went right up to him afterwards. And I just said, you know, I wake up every day with the goal that every day I'm going to move this forward. But if I didn't have that, I have children and, and grandchildren, and I want to make the world a better place for them. So I'm going to continue to wake up every day and assume that I'm going to move this forward. He got it. He got it. But it's easy. It's easy to get down. It's easy to get pushed down when you come up against a lot of the naysayers or you come across something that is hard. And I'm reading a book right now by Bob Goff called Undistracted. And he references how J.R. J.K. Rowling, right, got shut down 12 times before somebody took her book. And he references all of these things. And we just can't give up on what we believe we should be doing. We just can't give up. And, and I shared with you that I spoke to um, a group of young people here at my, at my husband's school where he teaches. And, you know, I started the conversation with, you know, dreams do come true. And the journey may be all over the place, right? But if you hold true to what you believe you are meant to do in this world, it will happen. You just have to trust it. It's not going to be easy. No one's going to hand it to you. And there's going to be a lot of struggles and frustrations and, and all of that along the way. But if it's your dream and your journey, there's joy there. And I think they got it. You know, it's hard to know with junior and seniors in high school to because they don't know what their goals are or what their what their dreams are. But but you really you do have a choice. And we all, as we know, we all have hard, hard days, right? We all have days like we're like, really, really, I can keep doing this. And I certainly have had plenty of those and certainly have had struggles. But but I I think I'm I'm a testament to just keep plugging along. And, you know, you mentioned an author that I'm, I'm wondering if we should mention here. You mentioned The Power of Moments. Oh, book yes. I have Dan a book Heath. right here. Oh, yes. Chip and Dan Heath have written a couple different books. And this book for me, because of the work that we do, is really, really spoke to me because we want to make those moments in our kitchen. We want to make it with our clients, right? Those note cards, the the calls from our client angels, the, the when our delivery angel leaves the meal with our client and makes sure that they have a, a conversation and a smile and a, a real genuine conversation. But there's so many opportunities for these little things that we can do for each other or, you know, leave a note for somebody that you don't even know, right? There's just so many things. And, and I think in The Power of Moments, this book, they just reference so many ways to do that. And I've given it to several of my staff who have read it um, because I think there's just an opportunity for all of us to just think about, one, every moment matters. And even when you're struggling with somebody, you can shift that moment and have a better outcome if you go into it in the right way and, and things like that. So yeah, I, I highly recommend it. Um, I know you, you know it too. Yeah. There's a, also um, a little taste of another person's work that that's right in that same light that I absolutely love. There's a man named Drew Dudley. People oh. can look him up on the internet. Do you know who Drew Dudley is? Oh yes, I do. Oh. Oh, Drew is so amazing. He has a TED Talk that for a long time was one of the most viewed TED Talks ever. It's um, if you put in Drew Dudley lollipop moments, lollipop yes. moments, it's the same concept. Oh, I got goosebumps just yes. thinking about it. Drew was very kind and became a friend to um, to the Goodness Exchange years and years and years ago. And we've interviewed him for the podcast too about his book called Day One. Have you read that one? I haven't read it, but I have watched his TED talk numerous times. I have listened to your podcast of him numerous times and sent that to a number of people. Yeah. yeah. He's the real deal. He is the real deal. And he has a way of pulling it 
all together. Everything that you and I have just talked about for the last hour, where you're being in the world in a way that is serving you and others. You know, it's just so it, it's just so beautiful. And he, what a storyteller! That book is is just he's a storyteller. Is he? <laughs> he's an unbelievable storyteller. I actually have right in front of me one of his quotes, which is, "What is true about your character isn't announced; it's demonstrated." And to me, that is right. And, and especially when when I'm working with young people, right? It's just spot on. Yeah, yeah. There's a great quote by Maya Angelou that I like to turn on its side. She says, when people show you who they are, believe them. <laughs> so that one, I'm sure, I'm not, not entirely sure, but I think she meant, hey, when somebody's a creep, when somebody's doing nothing but chaos, I, I always use that quote in yeah. reference to the chaos builders, the yes. people that are just shouting at us and obviously no thought to what they're doing. They're not being helpful. They're dividing us. They're making us all feel about this big. I'm sorry. When people show you who they are, believe them. (laughs) They can't say they have good intention because what they're doing is not demonstrating good intention. Okay. But what if we take Maya Angelou's expression and look at it through your lens and turn it on its head and say, when people show us who they are, believe them. In a world that you're creating, kids or or lonely older folks or whoever come into your kitchen and it sounds like they're surrounded by people who are showing their true humanity. Yes. And as scary as the world might feel out there or or where we where a teenager might come from in their home that could be complex, they are for that time with people that are showing them how to be in the world and it's important we believe them. Yes. And we, that is, it's so, it's interesting. I was talking to the, our young board members last night and we, I asked them, you know, what is it about what we do here that keeps, you know, keeps you coming back? And and we have kids who earn their blue apron after 50 hours of service. And we've had 80 kids who've done that. And we have, you know, another 30 kids who have earned their chef coat. Actually, Andrew last night earned his chef coat for a hundred hours of service. And, and we talked about that. It's, we want every person who walks in to know that they can be their true self and that to also leave when they walk through those doors, leave their struggles behind for two or three hours, put their cell phones away. All of us come together and bring the best of ourselves because our clients will feel that. And, and our clients will say, I felt the love in every bite, right? What's better than that? You know, so for our young people, it's that it's like, we love who you are, not who you think you're supposed to be, but who you are and come here and be who you are. We do not let a parent on the same shift as a youth. And the reason is we feel that both of them should have the opportunity to be who they believe they are and not who they think their mom or dad or their, you know, or vice versa. So it's really important. And we have seen so many young people blossom, so many young people who have felt really safe to figure out who they are and do it with us at Healing Meals. And then they can put that out in the world. That is is the bottom line here, is that I really truly believe that we're all uniquely built to contribute something. And the more often we can provide for each other environments, settings where we let that that come out, it's a win for everyone. <laughs> right. I mean, I you know, I I think we all if we could all believe that we were put on this earth to be just who we're supposed to be and not not anybody else, because we're uniquely gifted. And if we're trying to be somebody else, we're not giving the world what we were made to to do or be here for. And that's easy to say, and it's hard as a young person to figure all that out. And maybe because I'm as old as I am, I have the wisdom now. And But it's, again, I think it's all of us at Healing Meals are trying to instill that in our young people, no matter how old we are, right? Even peer-to-peer mm-hmm. is, is I'm seeing that. Yeah, and, and the way it's going out there um, for all of us at any age is so complex. And so I just kind of wake up every day and just wait for the other foot to fall. Now I, I, I look up and I I don't know why I look up. I just say, ah, didn't see that one coming. Right. <laughs> right. 
every day last week. I, I, I had found Lyme's disease. My computer went away. And I mean, it just was something every day. Right. <laughs> oh, so, well, this conversation has been absolutely lovely. I, I can't thank you enough for being such a good teacher as well, because I feel like I needed to hear about a dozen things that you said today. I got, you saw me doing this. I got goosebumps so many times today. And usually that's a sign that I'm hearing something that's, that's truthful. That's got beauty and truth going for it. Thank you. I, I, you and I could talk for days, I think. Well, I I don't know, but I'm going to listen a lot more around people like you. That's for sure. Well, thank you. Well, I hope you keep building that goodness exchange, my friend. And I hope everyone goes, I, I, on my travels back and forth to work, I, your conspiracy of goodness is, is what I listen to. And there's so much good that you're putting out. So I thank you for doing your work. There is. Thank you for mentioning that. I, I, you know, people often ask me and which I'm going to ask you in just a second. They ask, they say, how can I help? And I say, you know, become a subscriber. I'm turning every bit of this towards expanding this this notion that the world is still an amazing place and we can find our role in it. And then share what you find because that is the secret to opening a new era yes. is looking for signs of goodness and progress, ignoring the things that are not in that category right. and sharing what we find. Absolutely. We've got That's to good. share the goodness We've and progress we find the in the world. Mm-hmm. So how can people connect with you next? What, what, what should people do if we've got them on a roll? Um, how, how do people connect with you? And how would you like this message to spread from here? Yeah, absolutely. So if you're interested in learning more about Healing Meals, you can go to our website, which is healingmealsproject.org. Um, anybody can email me. Um, it's Sarah Leathers. And I don't know if you'll have this in the show notes to the right yeah. Sarah Leathers at healingmealsproject.org. I, I loved to talk to anybody. So, um, you know, reach out via email. We can have a call. We can have coffee. We can Zoom. Yeah, I think, I think that's the best way to do great. it. Great. Well, we'll put um, everything that Sarah and I mentioned in the show notes. We've got a great team doing that in the background. Please support the team at the Goodness Exchange with uh, a, a membership and, and we will keep giving back everything that we find that demonstrates it's still an amazing world. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Have a great, great day, Sarah. Thank you so much, Linda. It was wonderful.